Welcome to Moms Without Resumes, where ordinary moms can have a voice. We are two moms, and we haven't written a book, started a charity, or created a product that's gone viral. Or a product that's gone anywhere. Yeah, we haven't even created a product. We haven't created a 10-step program on how to get a resume. We don't have a blog. We aren't on a board. We're being asked to speak. We aren't experts, and we don't have anything to sell you. But when you feel discouraged and frustrated because your home or life doesn't fit on a nice, shiny Instagram photo, if you don't have a resume, then come hang out with us. This is the place for you. Okay, welcome to Moms Without Resumes. Today, we are going to be talking about all things cooking. Cooking is something we do a lot of and we enjoy it, so we thought, why not talk about it? And we also have a guest with us. We have Dana with us today. Casey, would you like to introduce Dana? Yeah. So Dana is a friend of mine who um, I first met through my neighbors who are her in-laws. And um, I met her a couple times. And then all of a sudden they were like, they're moving here. My son and daughter-in-law are moving here. And so <laughs> um, then we started hanging out a lot when they moved to town. And the ironic thing is then my parents started moving to town. And so her in-laws are my neighbors and my parents are her neighbors now. Yep. Yep. <laughs> That's pretty crazy. <laughs> and does yes. everybody get along or is it like interesting no everybody gets along everyone gets along well, that's yeah good. <laughs> and, and Dana's my my running buddy we run a lot together and nice so. that's awesome mm-hmm. yeah cool yeah. Dana you want to tell us a little bit about yourself uh one more thing about Dana before oh, sorry. I, I thought that Dana would be a great person to come on the show for the cooking episode because she's an excellent cook oh thank mm-hmm. you <laughs> awesome okay yes tell us about yourself Dana Um, so I have, um, two kids. I have a nine-year-old son and a seven-year-old daughter. And then I also have a very hunky loving husband (laughs) that is very adventurous. Um, yeah. And so we just, we, we love to, um, make traditions with food and really have good family meals that will provide memories for everyone at the table. Oh, that's awesome. That's really special. Mm-hmm. And when she says adventurous husband, she's not joking. Yeah. They'll, they'll come home from skiing all day and then he'll say, okay, I'm going to go on a bike ride. Oh yeah. my gosh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> wow that's that's some energy there he keeps us on our toes yeah (laughs) cool well dana i just have for to help our listeners get to know you a little better just have a couple questions for you so i'm wondering do you have a special heirloom in your home or antique or something that's been passed down through your family I do. So I have a few things from my Busha and Jaja, who are my grandparents on my mom's side. Um, I have their wedding cake topper, which um, my Busha, she actually just passed away this year um, Mm. and they were married almost 70 years. Wow. So I have that, which is so cool, I think. Um, and then I also, she, both her and, um, my grandpa have strong Polish and Swedish backgrounds and I have a wooden cookie cutter from her 
um, which I haven't used because I'm afraid I will gum it up and it won't work, but it's yeah. a wooden block Swedish cookie cutter. Wow. So is it all wooden or is it like wooden on the top with a metal outline or something? No, it's all wooden. It's like wow. a wooden block with a flower pressed on the inside, like imprinted on it inside. So you can put it down on the dough and then lift it up and it should be that flower that comes oh, out. Oh, wow. Oh, that's so neat. Oh, yeah. 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 Those are some special heirlooms. Do you have, um, I, I didn't ask you this beforehand, so I'm putting you on the spot, but I just thought of it. Did you, do you have some special cooking traditions that are passed down from your grandparents too? Um, so we like to make the spritz cookies during mm. Christmas. I remember mm -hmm. tables filled with spritz cookies during the Christmas time. Oh. And then, um, Ben's grandma, she would always make cinnamon rolls for Christmas morning. And so that's what we do every Christmas morning is we make cinnamon rolls. Nice. Oh. Yum. Nice. That's cool. I have, a, I have a question about the wedding topper or the cake topper. You think you would have your, like, if your kids wanted to use it for their wedding, did you use it for your wedding? I didn't know. But you would have your kids oh, use absolutely. it if they oh, wanted absolutely. to. Yes. That would be just so cool. That would be so I special. I know. That's what I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 70 years is a long time. That's that's like record setting, I think. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And now, Dana, do you have a favorite cookbook? I do. Yes. I love the cookbook, The Prairie Homestead by Jill Winger. Mm. Um, she is a homestead woman, I guess. Um, she, her and her family live in Wyoming and they are very self-sufficient in terms of homestead cooking, gardening. They have cows and goats and they provide their own milk, but I, it, I really don't use cookbooks except for hers. It's truly the only mm -hmm. one I use. And I love her cookbook. That's cool. I'll have to check it out. That sounds really good. Um, I have dreams of having a homestead someday, but my husband's not quite on board. And I kind of think it's one of those things where if we were to embark on it, I'd be like, yeah, maybe not. <laughs> this is for me. I, I you know romantic ideals of homesteading. Yep. Yeah. I, I've mentioned before that my husband doesn't want me to get chickens, but um, Dana's hu husband has feels the same about chickens. Yes, very much so. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> so you guys all have to can can you guys can commiserate together on the chickenless yard? Yes. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and Dana, um, if you could spend a day any way you wanted, if you could pick a day to make it be the you know exactly how you'd want to spend it, what would that look like? I think it would look like adventuring during the day with my family. So mountain biking, hiking, skiing, whatever that may be. And then having just a fun evening with lots of laughs with friends. I feel mm -hmm. like whenever we get together with friends, it's always memories and lots of laughs. And I I love those kind of days. Yeah. So that would definitely be the perfect kind of day. And your kids wouldn't be grouchy when you're hiking and skiing. It'd be nope. like angelic children. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. That's the dream, right? Yeah. Of course. If it's a perfect day. Then. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you. Um, and before we get started, I just thought we could each share just a little bit of our cooking journey. So, you know, did we 
enjoy cooking at first? Did we hate it? Did how long have we been cooking for? Just kind of a little bit of our history. So, one of you guys like to go first? Sure, I can start. Um, I would say I wasn't a big cook. Um, yeah, I mean, early on in our marriage, I didn't, I don't even really remember cooking all that much. Um, uh, I think I grew a little bit more in my cooking as I had kids and became a stay-at-home mom. Um, I was cooking more. And then in recent years, I've started branching out and trying to cook for bigger groups, like our small group that comes to our church and or from our church that comes to our house, um, things like that. So, um, yeah, so that's kind of mine. I've just been growing slowly. <laughs> yeah. Did your and mom actually, when, had a, Sorry. Uh, and actually, when I moved to Colorado, um, the funny story was when a friend of mine baked me uh, brownies from scratch. And I was like, a, like just flabbergasted. I had no idea that you could actually make brownies from scratch. I just yeah. thought you had to make brownies from a box. <laughs> <laughs> so that's where my cooking experience was from. <laughs> and so it has grown quite a bit from there. Yes. I still haven't made brownies from scratch because I'm sorry, brownies from a box are just so easy, but <laughs> I have and a good. I think they're really good. <laughs> All right. So my cooking journey, when I was younger, I believe probably in middle school, we were required to cook what dinner one night a week to kind of learn how to cook. And I will say I was absolutely terrible at it. Mm. I figured that when I grew up and had a family that we were probably going to be poor because we <laughs> always ate out because no one liked my cooking. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, but since having kids and really, especially since moving over over to Grand Junction from Denver, um, we have gotten into hunting. And I really have loved that our, our meat especially comes from, you know, from the wilderness and the woods. And we can see that the whole process of where that animal has been. Mm. And so I love homemade, homemade cooking. You know, I love breads. I love things that aren't full of preservatives. I love things that are healthy, that are natural. Um, I, you know, I stand in the grocery store and I read every label, which mm. is kind of <laughs> gets me sometimes because I don't mm -hmm. always have the time to make things. Mm -hmm. But I think that my cooking journey has really evolved into making good whole food for our family, um, you know, and just keeping that in the focus, even if I if I can't get to it right then, just making sure that that's our our whole outlook on food. Mm hmm. So what helped encourage you to grow in your cooking then since you kind of didn't love it at first? I, I think when I was um, just out of college, I moved off on my own. And from there, I just once a week, I really liked making a nice meal for myself since mm. I you know, was single. And I would just every week, like I would plan a really nice meal with a good meat, a vegetable, some sort of sides, and then some sort of dessert. And from there, I think it just kind of grew into how we eat today. Yeah. That's cool that you had that, that, um, kind of vision inside of you that just mm -hmm. kind of propelled you forward. I remember yeah. 
when I was in, I wasn't in college, but I was in the grocery store and I was like at the meat counter or something. And there was this college age student standing next to me, just like looking at the meat counter. And she was like, so do you just like buy a piece of chicken and cook it? And I was like, yeah, you can do that. You can just buy a piece of chicken from here and go home and cook it. And she's like, well, like, what would you make? And I just kind of told her a recipe off the top of my head. And she just looked at me like, oh my goodness, I think you just spoke Chinese or something. (laughs) (laughs) I just remember thinking, oh my goodness, you know, I can't imagine being thrust out into the world and not even knowing what to do with a chicken breast. (laughs) Yeah. I, I mean, I definitely did not enjoy planning them because we, when we were younger, we had to plan our meals. So we would look at the whole month and we had to pick our day. Like if Tuesday was our day every single month, um, we would have every single Tuesday that we would have to make dinner. And I really did not enjoy that, but Mm. I think underneath there was definitely some good experience and some good, um, a good learning, you know, a good learning curve for implementing some of those cooking skills that I realized later. Yeah. Well, um, for me, I, I don't really remember when I first started cooking, my mom made everything from scratch. And so I think she just probably said to me, Hey, come help me make this casserole or something. And so we just kind of looked, but I don't, you know, remember like a specific moment when I started learning how to cook and I just always enjoyed it. And, you know, I've definitely grown quite a bit when a moment when I was in college, my husband who wasn't my husband then we were just friends but he wasn't feeling well so I decided to make him chicken soup just because I enjoy cooking and want to make him you know feel better I guess and it was not good (laughs) and I look back (laughs) on that and kind of cringe and just like oh man I can't believe I served somebody that but you know for him food's the way to man's heart and I wasn't like trying to catch him or anything I was just I, it was just a natural impulse inside of me. And for him, he was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. She cooked for me. <laughs> so, but so yeah, it obviously, it obviously didn't deter him from pursuing you. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it didn't. <laughs> and so, yeah, I've just always been interested and enjoyed it. And just when I find somebody who's cooking, I like, I'll just, you know, ask them for recipes or for their tips or suggestions and you know, having a family, own family, there's a lot of cooking that goes into it. And so can't really get out of it now. I guess I could if I really wanted to, but then we'd all be poor. (laughs) Okay. Well, why don't we start with our flops and flips? Um, Casey, do you want to start us off with those? Sure. Um, so I've had many, many flops, mm-hmm. <laughs> <cooking> <laughs> flops over the years, oftentimes having to do with bread, not rising. Um, I mean, there's other ones, but, um, I remember one time I made, I think it was rolls for some, like it was either for Thanksgiving or Christmas. This was a couple of years ago and we like ate the whole meal. And then it was like, Oh, I forgot there's rolls in the oven. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> but the, but the most recent was this last Thanksgiving. I um 
I was making rolls ahead of time to freeze them and I made some oatmeal rolls and they just like it said to cook for like 20 minutes and I just kept cooking them and they still were doughy and they just never really got finished being doughy and I just kept setting a timer for another 10 minutes and another 10 minutes and another 10 minutes and it was like what is wrong with these? Oh, no. I ended up uh, freezing them and just was like, okay, I'm not going to serve those on Thanksgiving. Maybe we'll try again, pull them out of the freezer one day and see if I can get them to cook. I don't know. But I ended up making other rolls. So for, for Thanksgiving, but yeah, it was like, I'm glad I didn't wait till Thanksgiving day to cook those rolls. Oh, yeah. It's been really bad. Oh. So did they get like really brown on the outside and just raw on the inside? They, I, yeah, I think I tried to cover them because yeah, they started to get brown on the outside and they were like pushed together, you know, it was like said to put them in a pan. So they're all close together and the inside parts were just like not cooking. And I don't know, have either of you ever made oatmeal rolls? I thought it sounded interesting. And so that's why I tried it. But I don't know if that's normal or if I did something wrong with the oatmeal or (laughs) something. I feel (laughs) recipes like that are so frustrating because I feel like what went wrong? Was it me or was it the recipe? Like, yeah, yeah, there is. I don't know. Yeah, so that was my flop. Um, I guess my flip is actually just that I found a different recipe for rolls and they actually were amazing. And I mm. turned I ended up making two two batches of them because the first ones turned out so well that I was like, oh, I need more than these because there was only like 12 and there were 12 people coming and I was like, people are gonna love these. Oh. <laughs> I need to make more. <laughs> Yay. So I so did what, so that recipe made the rolls I will, so good. What? What made the rolls so good? Uh, I'm not sure. I mean, they were sourdough biscuit or sourdough buns, I think, uh, from the recipe I got was from Little Spoon Farm, but they were just so light and fluffy and, um, and they were easy to make too. It just took like one day, you know, you know, rising, you have to let them rise and stuff, but yeah, they were just really good and probably would have been even better if they had just been like freshly baked. Although I, when I baked them, I, I baked them for half the time and then froze them. And then I finished baking them, which oh. I had heard that a local restaurant does that with their sourdough. Ooh. So that's where I got that oh. idea. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Good to know. So yeah. So those, those turned out really, really good. So that, I guess that's my, my flip. Like I, yeah whereas if I had waited till Thanksgiving day to make those rolls it would have just been oh no solid solid flop (laughs) bread can be tough especially sourdough Mm -hmm. it's a bread of love for sure yeah and I I have learned a lot about sourdough from Dana because she's the one who gave (laughs) me my sourdough starter oh nice mm -hmm. yep awesome I, I still haven't mastered sourdough bread like a loaf of bread yeah, but I haven't either no it's tough mm. yeah uh, so well, yeah so that's my sorry go ahead. I feel like it oh, keeps I just, over you <laughs> that's just mine so yeah Dana do you have a flop or a flip for us so my flop would be my daughter's five-year-old uh, uh fifth birthday cake um I've had a lot of flops for birthday cakes lately oh, no. <laughs> I feel like 
Um, and when she turned five, she wanted this horse cake. So it was supposed to be decorated with a horse um, and a corral and all these other things on top. And we were also going through some an attitude phase at the time. So yeah. while I'm trying to make this cake, which actually was a sourdough cake from oh, wow. Farmhouse on, yeah, it's from farmhouseonboon.com. It's amazing. I didn't know you could make sourdough cake. Yes, it's a sourdough chocolate cake. It's the only chocolate cake I make now. It's so huh. good. Yes. Oh, but this wow. is yes. Okay. So, well, because we have, you know, this tantrum going on on the side while I'm trying to bake, I was so flustered and frustrated and, you know, all the things that go awry during those. So the cake comes out and of course it's like sinking and lopsided and the decorations look awful. So I I said, you know what, we're just going to stick a horse on it and call it good. It's still going to taste fine. It just looks a little wonky. And so that's what we did. And now we can look back and laugh on it. But that cake looked awful. Oh, man. (laughs) Probably had plenty of icing on it, though, to. Yeah. Yeah. It tasted fine. (laughs) It just didn't look awesome. Yes. Um, And then my flip would be um, a couple Fourth of Julys ago. um, Casey was there and I made a cake that when you cut into it, it actually had the American flag on the inside. Oh my word. That's amazing. So yeah, it was amazing. <laughs> I mean, everyone's jaw. She was like, it was like, as she cuts in and then pulls this slice of cake out, everyone was like, Oh my goodness. How <laughs> did you do that? Um, and a side note with that one is before we had cake, I was in the garage and her son was in there, uh, with we were looking in the fridge for something and the cake was in there and you couldn't tell anything from the outside it just looked like a white cake right. or something I forget what color it was on the outside but um and he said made a comment that yeah my mom had to watch a video to make that cake and I was like what she had to watch a video <laughs> that's silly and then after she cut into the cake and you see the American flag in the cake you're like oh now I see why she had to watch it wow <laughs> So are you able to kind of describe the process, Dana, of how you do that? Or is it? So you have to, you have to make, um, you know, the cakes are, you have your red, white, and blue, and you have to make um, the circular cakes for red and then the circular cakes for white. And then you have to make the circular cakes for blue, but then you have to use smaller sizes and you have to take another, um, I think I just ended up cutting them because I didn't have a a tool for it, but you have to cut it with a certain diameter so that you can fit the blue to go on the outside ring. And it's, yeah, wow. it's kind of like a puzzle. <laughs> yeah. And so you just layer all the layers together yes. and then you yeah. frost it. Yeah. And it's, yeah. It always amazes me that people take the time to think that up too. I, I just yeah. wonder, are they like lying in bed at night trying to think what would be something cool I can post to my blog? <laughs> I know. <laughs> Well, here's another side note to that story is a few months after that, it was Dana's birthday and I was in charge of making a cake for her oh, birthday. No. And I was like, how can I top her American flag cake? Oh, no. <laughs> it was it was very good. I so appreciated it. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Well, my flop, like you said, Casey, I've had many flops and but I was having a hard time thinking of them, not because they're not there, but because I think, you know, there's so many of them, they all kind of start to blur together. 
you, you block them out of your memory. <laughs> yeah, you block them out. <laughs> and um, so I, I asked my kids what were some flops. And the, and I wrote it down on a piece of paper and then lost the piece of paper. <laughs> so oh, no. I was really trying to forget all the things that have gone wrong. But my son mentioned this recipe I made this past week. It was a, a lasagna. And it was funny because he's really a good eater. Like He eats pretty much anything I make. And everybody else liked this lasagna recipe, but he did not like it. And so he was like, that was your flop, making that lasagna. <laughs> So that was kind of funny. And what um, was what was special about this lasagna? Was there something special about it or? Well, it's from a cookbook called Trim Healthy Mama. And they're trying to make it without um, without pasta. So Mm -hmm. it's technically supposed to have zucchini in it. um, But I didn't put the zucchini in it. I've made this recipe before. So I don't know. I don't remember him complaining about it before, but this past week he did not like it. So, um, what did you have... use in place of noodles? Well, you you don't really, and you just kind of have blop, really. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So, what? <laughs> so the recipe: you brown up hamburger, and then you mix in spaghetti sauce, and then you mix together cream cheese. Um, eggs and um, cottage cheese you blend it all together the, those three cheeses and then you just like make two layers and you're supposed to put zucchini in between the two layers but when I first made the recipe I didn't read the zucchini part of the recipe and so we didn't I didn't have zucchini on hand so I just made it the way it was and it was, it was fine. And I thought, and my husband's like, well, I don't really like zucchini anyway. And so I was like, well, I just won't worry about it. So I just, I made it again. And I think this is my third or fourth time making it, but it did not go over well this past time. So it's not like, it's not really a recipe that you're like, oh, I want the recipe for that. It's like, it's a diet. So <laughs> it's diet food. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, that's, that's hard to get your kids on board with. Yeah. But it was just funny because everybody else liked it. And he did not like it. And he's one of my best eaters. So hmm. anyway, that's what he said for my flop. And then another flop I thought of was Christmas two years ago. I was having Christmas at my house. So I had a house full of people and I was cooking and I was making Yorkshire pudding, which is my husband's family's tradition. And so you make a popover and have it with roast beef and gravy. And so I was making the popover in my food processor and I doubled the recipe and my food processor was not big enough for (laughs) a double batch. And I also had the oven on, you know, heating up the pans for the popover in our house at the time, all the heat in the house rose to, you know, one particular place where the fire alarm was. So the fire alarm would go off just because it got too hot, not because there was smoke necessarily. So I was had turned on the food processor and liquid came spurting out the sides because I'd overfilled it. And then the fire alarm went off. And then my mom comes marching in. She's like, Laura, I smell electricity. And I was like, leave me alone. (laughs) It's just like everything was going wrong at the same time. So it all worked out in the end, thankfully. But when you say, I don't know if this is the right word for it, but when you say making Yorkshire pudding, it reminds me of that episode in Friends 
with Rachel <laughs> when she makes that pudding dish and yes the shepherd's (laughs) pie with the pudding and the what is it the lady fingers and then she puts the beef in it with (laughs) everyone pretends to like it and it's just awful because it's chocolate and beef yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah. did she get two recipes mixed up I I know what what you're talking about yeah yeah Yeah. she read two recipes (laughs) that's funny I can't Uh, remember what the sweet part was it was supposed to be dessert yeah, it was shepherd's pie and something else. Yum. A trifle. A trifle. <laughs> yes, I think that's what it is. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And my flip, um, uh, my flip is sourdough. I don't think I'm an expert at sourdough, but it seems like it's been coming out pretty well. And my sent some sourdough bread to work with my husband and he keeps getting people requests for people requests Aww. people keep requesting some of my starter which my starter's not like magic or anything but um yeah so that's just been kind of fun you know it's kind of fun when people appreciate your food and it's mm-hmm. not just your kids who are like what is this that you're feeding me and <laughs> So one thing I've been doing with my sourdough, I'm probably breaking all the rules, but um, I've been leaving my sourdough out for, for 48 hours on the counter. And so it really gets nice and sour. And my husband likes it that way. And apparently his coworkers like it that way too. So, so you leave it out for 48 hours before you feed it? No, like I mix all the sourdough ingredients together for the sourdough bread. So oh. the starter and the flour and the salt and everything. So that whole mixture, I just mix it up and leave, leave it, it in a bowl out on the counter for 48 hours. Because recipes will say to like leave it out on the counter for 12 hours and then put it in your fridge. But I don't know. I don't know if this is if this is like a health hazard or not. I just fear, but just leave it on the counter. <laughs> I don't know why it has to go in the <laughs> fridge. <laughs> so... It gets huh. a really nice sour taste that way. Um, hey, are you making like loaf bread or are you making like the round bread? Or Yeah, bread? the round bread. I haven't tried loaf bread yet. I do want to try it though. So yeah, yeah I'd love to hear your tips for sourdough, um, Dana, because I'm just kind of winging it. The one thing I wonder about, I wonder if you know, is sometimes recipes will say to use sourdough discard and some recipes mm-hmm. will say to feed your starter and then put it in the recipe. And I'm just mm-hmm. like, what does it matter? Because either way, you know, if you're using the discard, it's getting fed in the recipe. So why do I need to feed it first and then put it in? Does I, it think, I don't think so. I think some people just don't like to waste the discard. And so that's just where that comes into play. You're just not putting it in the trash. You're actually oh. using the discard. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. At least that's how, I don't know if that's right, but that's how I would interpret it. And that's how yeah. I typically interpreted it before. Yeah. Maybe it's like you people, if they don't have enough sou- of starter for the recipe, you feed, they feed it first. And then yeah. You that could, yeah. Mm-hmm. And are you, you're usually supposed to feed it like hours before, right? Like you mm-hmm. feed it, let it rise and then use it. Yes. Is that kind of so I thinking? always just use it out of my fridge. Like, I've never bothered with when I fed it just use out of my fridge does that make a difference to feed it and then use it a couple hours later I mean from what I've always heard 
you're supposed to let it warm up and feed it and let it rise, but if it's working for you. Yeah. Go for it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, maybe I should try your way, Laura. So <laughs> Well, I wonder, Casey, because that was something we talked about before, because your bread always has a lot more bubbles in it than mine has. And I wonder if that could be why. So you feed your starter and then a well, couple I, hours. I pull it out of the fridge and like let it warm up for a couple hours and then I feed it and then I make the recipe a couple hours later. But sometimes I'm pushing that because I forgot to take it out. This is my problem. This is my real problem with sourdough. <laughs> I don't plan ahead enough. Yes. So like, okay, take it out of the fridge, let it warm up. Then, you know, and then you have to feed it and then you wait till it's all bubbly and then you do your recipe and that takes time, you know, and I just, I'm not thinking that far ahead in my life. Yeah, I for sure. You. I hear you. <laughs> so, so I know that the more frequently you feed your sourdough starter, the sweeter your bread will be. It'll be on the sweeter side versus if oh, you okay. feed it less frequently, like you have longer gaps of time where you don't feed it, it's more sour. So yours letting it sit on the counter for 48 hours is going to be more sour than if you were to cut that process at 24 hours. Mm. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. There's so much to learn about sourdough. There is. And there's so much you can do with it too. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it's forgiving. It's... I don't know. It seemed like I checked out a couple sourdough cookbooks from the library ones and the cookbooks just felt really technical. And I was like, I don't do half these steps and I like the sourdough bread that I'm eating. So I don't know. <laughs> um, Maybe you need to write a cookbook. Yeah. So I just but feel then, like. But then you couldn't be on this show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just so long as I don't talk about it. Right. <laughs> I, so I, I, with the sourdough, I just feel like it can be very intimidating to people because you get the, these super technical recipes. But in reality, I don't think it's really, it can be very forgiving and just kind of throw it together. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. Well, should we move on to growths? Yeah. You go, Casey. Sure. So as I mentioned before, I did these rolls for Thanksgiving and I think my biggest growth is that I'm learning on how to host bigger uh, meals. Um, and so we, I hosted Thanksgiving this last um, week with my husband's family and I'd, I'd never hosted Thanksgiving. We, we spent one Thanksgiving during COVID at home where we cooked a turkey, but it was just my family. So it wasn't like hosting with people you know it was just our family so who cares what time we ate <laughs> no pressure <laughs> by the way that day that day we ate we ate thanksgiving meal at like 10 a.m because the turkey was done way too early <laughs> but it was just my family so it didn't matter um but no but so hosting for a bigger group like planning about setting the table and you know, making sure all the things are covered. Um, and this year I did use, um, I've been listening to a podcast called From Scratch Cookery, and she talks about all things cooking. And um, she had a thing, how to plan Thanksgiving meal um, printout that you could print out. And so I followed that and it worked really well because we made, Ooh. I made the sweet potatoes a couple days early. I made the 
made the rolls early. I made the mashed potatoes early and put them in the fridge. Like just, you know, certain things that she was like, and this day you do this. And then this day you take the turkey out and this day you brine the turkey and this day you do this. And it was really good. And it, and it made it so that on Thanksgiving day, I could just enjoy the people who were at our house and, mm. you know, not, I just focused on the turkey really and making gravy. And that was basically it. And it was just wow. really nice to, just enjoy. And, um, so yeah, I feel like in general, I've been just growing, listening to her podcast too. Um, and learning new skills and in cooking and things like that. But, but yeah, I think hosting a bigger meal without being stressed out and crazy about it was, was, is kind of how I'm growing. So. Yeah, yeah. that's cool. I didn't know you could prepare so much in advance like that yeah I mean the rolls you froze and then the mashed potatoes and sweet potatoes we just put in the fridge and the stuffing we put in the fridge like two days early and then just cooked them on the day of Mm. you know the mashed potatoes was the one I was a little worried about because I wasn't sure how to reheat it so I ended up adding more butter to it because I was like no, it won't, won't let it dry out. And you can only, you never have too much butter. Never. That's <laughs> true. Potatoes. <laughs> but everything else needed to be cooked anyway. So I just cooked it, like the stuffing and the sweet potatoes. And then they were fine. They turned out oh, fine. Nice. And I made the cranberry jelly the day of, but I probably could have made that a day or two earlier because you keep it in the fridge anyway. Yeah. So do you have some tips for... Um, hosting large groups, cooking for large groups and hosting. Uh, well, one tip I guess that I learned was like a couple days or before I went out to try to buy some like cl- nice cloth napkins and like, there was nothing but Christmas stuff. Oh no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> like I was trying to find things that would be like thanksgiving and it was like, okay, so, so my tip would be make sure you plan those like a little bit further in advance, like three or four weeks in advance. If you're going to buy any kind of place setting things, get those well in advance, because by the time a couple days before Thanksgiving hits, it's all Christmas stuff. Oh man. (laughs) I'm always like, how are there so many people planning this far ahead in their lives? Yeah. (laughs) Everybody I know is just last minute trying to throw things together at the last minute. Yeah. And something I've also been learning from my mother-in-law and and this is just always whenever we're at their house, she's always so good about setting the silverware on the table. And she's always, would you like me to set the silverware on the table? And I'll be like, in my head, I'm thinking, oh, I never do that, but sure. That sounds great. (laughs) (laughs) And so just the idea of setting the silverware, it makes your, it makes the dinner so much nicer if you're actually setting the table Mm -hmm. versus having an assembly line for people to go through, which we did kind of have that for Thanksgiving. Like people went through and got food, but we had the table set nice. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. but yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think one thing I'm, constantly trying to grow and improve on is planning our meals, not flying by the seat of our pants. You know, we get home from school and then we go do, we go mountain biking and then we get home at seven and we're having quesadillas again. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And I feel like it just makes the, I try and plan it either two weeks at a time or just do the whole month if I can. And, um, 
it just makes it so much easier to know what you're going to make for the evening, not having freezer surprise every night. (laughs) (laughs) Like whatever you can pull out of the freezer and mash together. That's funny. Um, Or quesadillas. And I mean, I feel like our meals are much more nutritious and healthier. If you can plan ahead, it's not always easy, but it is helpful. Takes time, Mm -hmm. but so do you do prep work during the day uh prior to like going mountain biking till seven and then sometimes not most times but if I can like if I if we're having spaghetti and I need to make french bread then yes I'll I'll do something like that but no just I mean just having if we have hamburgers one night and then we're gonna have them in two weeks I'll make extra buns so that I can just freeze those mm-hmm. so kind of consolidating that but just knowing like hey pull a steak out of the freezer this morning so that it's ready for this evening is so helpful mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. even just little little things you can do yeah yeah so if you have it all planned out for two weeks in advance is that weird yeah, yeah I try to do at minimum two weeks and if I can do the whole month I do try. And sometimes they even just try and keep a list of, um, easy meals, like hamburgers, sloppy joes, spaghetti, something that I can, where if I'm in a pinch, I can look at and say, Oh, we have everything for this. I'll just do this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've been trying to plan out two weeks at a time doing, do better at that. And I'm surprised by, um, just how much more I'm staying out of the grocery store, I guess, if I'm doing two weeks at yes. a time. It doesn't seem like, in my head, it doesn't seem like two weeks at a time should make that big of a difference. But it seems to make a big difference of just staying out of the grocery store, being less frantic of, oh, what are we going to eat? Because <clears throat> when you plan a week at a time, the week's over before you know it and you haven't had a minute to plan the next week. So two yeah, weeks, yeah buys a little more time. And then most times if you have something that comes up and you have to switch the meal, you still have that meal that you were originally going to have. And you can just put that in another day. Yeah. And it's, it helps. Yeah, definitely. Okay, great. Well, for me, my growth, I think is just, um, letting my kids be in the kitchen with me. And so when I first, started letting me in the kitchen with me, you know, mostly just because they're toddlers. They wanted to be there with you wherever you're going, whether it's the kitchen or the bathroom. And (laughs) so just including them in the process and letting them do what they can do. And, um, I think that's just grown me in not so much necessarily cooking, but just grown me in being patient and trying to not be, just slow down and be more in the moment because, you know, as I reflect over the years, I definitely felt very impatient and not that I'm not impatient now because it definitely happens, but now I feel more like, okay, it's taking an excruciating amount of time to pour the flour into the pan and it doesn't quite make me want to pull my hair out as much as it did before. (laughs) So I was like, okay, I think my character's growing a little bit in patience and just not feeling like I have to be in a rush all the time. And I read in a book once and it wasn't talking about cooking, but it was just talking about including your kids in chores in general, because, you know, when they're little, they want to be with you. They want to help, 
they're really not a help. And so you want to just shoo them away. And then when they get older and they're capable of helping you, then they don't want to do it because you've always just shoot them away. Now, I don't think it's magic that just because I've included them in cooking when they're little, suddenly they're going to want to cook when they're older. But I think that there's hopefully not quite such a hurdle. There's a little bit more of like, oh, well, I got to do this with mom. You know, when I was younger, like there's a little bit more of a warmth to the memory instead of just there not being any memory or the memory of just being shooed away. And so just being a little bit more receptive to it. Um, I don't think it's a magic cure at all, but now, now that my two older boys are getting older, I've been trying to teach them how to cook and pass that on to them. Just so, you know, they're not that college student is standing in the grocery store wondering what to do with a chicken breast. <laughs> and, um, they're not quite at the point where I can just like give them a recipe and say, make dinner, but they're getting closer and it's kind of exciting to think, oh, you know, maybe I can start having them cook one meal a week and I can have that night off from cooking. And, yeah. but you know, it takes a lot of time to, 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 to teach them and to be patient with the process. And like I said, I'm definitely not a master at it, but it's something that we've been working at and can kind of feel like the fruits maybe starting to to um to show my son wanted to make cinnamon rolls the other day and so he went and made cinnamon rolls and he needed a little bit of coaching but that was it was fun to see that it was something he wanted to do and he could pretty much do it so you know nice. we've from wanting to pull my hair out over the flour spilling on the counter to he can make the cinnamon rolls. <laughs> yeah. What, what are some of the things that they like to make besides cinnamon rolls? Um, well, I haven't been real good about letting them pick out, but th they want to make, I'm more like, okay, you're going to help me cook this meal tonight. <laughs> okay. So that's something that would probably, I could grow in is, I did for a while, um, let them pick out a recipe they wanted to make out of a cookbook. And it wasn't necessarily bad, but it was always cookies and cakes. And so <laughs> it was like, <laughs> we just, it's not good for me to have all this stuff around all the time. <laughs> I know you're learning a skill, but we need to branch out from just the cookies that are hmm. I'm eating all of. So yeah. I, I tried to have my boys do a meal uh, once a week and I was trying to let them pick and they both picked like two of the most expensive meals. Ever. Oh no. And I was like, <laughs> no, we're not going to do that once a week. Every, every week. So I was like, can't you do something like tacos or something? Yeah. Something easy. Yeah. I, I sure appreciate you including your kids in the kitchen it's always something that I want to do, but at the same time, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love being in the kitchen. And for me, it's kind of relaxing to cook on my own, but I feel like it's so important to do that, but it's also very stressful. Like you do want to pull your hair out, but it is so important. So yeah. Kudos to you. I mean, I need oh, to take a little bit and apply that. Well, yeah. especially, especially because you were sharing that you were responsible for a meal once a week when you were growing up and that's what led to your joy yes. of cooking. Yeah. So about what age do you think you were responsible for that meal? I think it was 
like later middle school, high school. Okay. So yeah. your kids aren't there yet. No. Mine are reaching that age. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One of mine anyway. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I think just kind of if you go into it with the mindset of, okay, this will be stressful. <laughs> this will take mm-hmm. a while. Can help versus, okay, dinner needs to be on the table in 45 minutes. Here, you help me now. And then you really got... You kind of have to prep your mind beforehand. And honestly, isn't that how teaching our kids anything is? I mean, I can remember teaching my kids how to fold their laundry. (laughs) How to fold their laundry and was like, this is going to be difficult. And I'm going to have to sit here and do it with them until they learn how to do it. And then they can do it on their own. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's definitely gratifying when they can do it on their own. and, And it's... It's still not always even the like laundry is not done the way I would do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so probably the same would happen with cooking. Like it yeah. might not be done the way we would do it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, thank you ladies so much for sharing your experiences. I wish that we could get together and cook and share our, that's one thing I love doing is being with people who enjoy cooking and just getting to ooh and awe over each other's dishes and swap recipes. And so, yeah, if you guys don't mind sending me the links for the, for the, um, those rolls, Casey, and for that chocolate sourdough cake, I'll put those in the show notes and um, cause yeah, I would love to try those two things also. Yeah. So, um, anyway, thank you listeners for listening. And, um, if you're interested in, in being on our show with us, please email us at moms without resumes at gmail.com. And if you enjoyed this, just please share or leave a review. And if you have any feedback for us, Um, tips or suggestions you have or ideas for shows please also email us we'd love to hear those and thanks for taking time to listen thanks for being with us Dana and um, for having me yeah and stay tuned for a lesson from the school of hard knocks make sure you keep your baking soda and baking powder separate and clear in your recipe which one you will have to use otherwise you may have a volcano science project in your oven